A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When the red, red robin comes bump, bump, Chaos as Addicts fans battle through the storms to make it to Shrewsbury any way they could. It was all lining up to be one of those I was there moments, but Daniel Udo's late strike made it and I wish I hadn't bothered moment. Welcome to Charlton Live. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are well. I hope you guys are inside and staying warm amongst the uh, the stormy, wintry conditions out there uh, at the moment. Uh, we've got to look back, haven't we? The first defeat uh, under the Johnny Jackson reign. Uh, 1-0 defeat up at Shrewsbury yesterday, right at the last minute as well. And just a nothing game. Uh, and then uh, late late strike condemned us uh, to the loss uh, after a really difficult day for the fans who, who made their way uh, up there. So joining me uh, to have that discussion, two who couldn't be bothered. Uh, first up, we've got Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. As you say, didn't bother. So, yeah, happy as Larry, apart <laughs> from the uh, result. Yeah, not ideal. And uh, also joining us, Mr. Benji Clark. How are you doing, Ben? Yeah, I'm doing all right. It's one of those things you feel like you're having a good weekend. Then you feel like, why am I not having a really good weekend? Then you go, oh, yeah, we lost in the last minute. Yeah, but exactly. we haven't had that feeling that much lately, so I can't complain too much. No, it was a particularly painful one, though, up there at Shrewsbury uh, yesterday. We're going to hear the goal uh, again shortly. Uh, we're going to hear, of course, from the Addicts caretaker boss, Johnny Jackson. We've got some of your views as well, the fans bar uh, from some of those fans who did make it. Uh, up to Shrewsbury uh, and also some important stuff later on we're going to hear from Heather McKinley from the Supporters Trust uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, the fan-led review uh, that was published uh, sort of earlier on uh, this week uh, some really interesting stuff in there as well so we're going to hear from Heather uh, later on in the show uh, so I mean we're going to hit the goal back very shortly Tom um, uh, the question is I guess I mean you know last 20 minutes maybe second half at more compared to say you know we 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 sort of got into this pattern where first half at Morecambe we were brilliant, but we got into this pattern where we couldn't really break a team down and, and we were struggling. And obviously we know we have players missing and, and that felt like the majority of the game yesterday. Um, you know, we had a couple of half chances. 
Uh, I think Connor had uh, may, may have had a goal on, on another day. Had a header off the line, a header saved by the keeper. Uh, yeah, Gilby had a shot that, w- that was well saved, but not great deal in terms of chances. I mean, Shrewsbury similar really. That again, they 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 had a couple of openings inside the, the first twenty minutes, and then a couple of cuttings and, and shots over the bar. Um, but other than that, it just felt like it was going to peter out into an absolute waste of time for everyone. Um, and then and then that happens right at the very end. Daniel Udo. Um, so yeah, tough, tough one to take really. I mean, it's not the season defining moment, but it's pretty annoying. Yeah. It's uh it's one of those horrible, gritty league one away days, isn't it? I've, you know, I know I wasn't there yesterday, but I've, I've done Shrewsbury a couple of times and obviously the, the playoff was, uh, was a tough afternoon for everybody as well. Um, and you're right. I mean, you look at the stats, we, we dominated possession. We had slightly more chances. We had more kind of corners, uh, from listening to the game yesterday, I thought, you know, the second half of the first half, so the second quarter of the game, was probably our best spell. It sounded like we were on the ball a lot. We were dominating a lot more possession in their half. But we, as you just said there, we weren't really creating enough. And, and it's a pattern, again, as you said, that we've seen in the past couple of games. And obviously the big the big miss is, is Jaden Stockley, who uh, I thought was excellent on Charlton TV, but I hope I don't have to see him there again going forwards. Um and I think, yeah, you know, at the moment, unfortunately, we are reliant on on him and Connor as a pair. And I've seen Josh has come in for criticism. I think that's a little bit harsh given his age and given where he is in his career. But you know, he hasn't he hasn't blown us away the last couple of games. Um, you know, Connor's had to do a lot a lot of work up there, and we need Jaden back ultimately. And you know, Jacko said it himself after the game. We were getting in good positions. We were getting balls into the box. There was just the crosses themselves weren't brilliant uh, and there was nobody on the end of them either way. So yeah, I, look, no panic stations again, you know, we're averaging two points a game under, under Jacko and that's promotion form. So I'm certainly not worried. There was a bit of an overreaction yesterday. I think partly down to the, you know, the difficulties and the, the amounts people had had to spend just to get to the game. So I get that, but yeah, I'm certainly not worried. You know, I still think Jacko's the man for the job. It, you know, it's disappointing to lose that, uh, particularly off the back of Tuesday night and, and both of those off the back of such a good win at home at the weekend. But yeah, it's not going to be season defining and the progress we've made under under Johnny over the past seven games has been very, very good. So hopefully we can chalk that up to, you know, a long week and a week where we've had to play a lot of players out of position and, and filling in um, and things will start to improve in the next few weeks, I think. Mm, yeah, because Ben, I think we said when we were discussing the Morecambe game that the idea of all this sort of fatigue and, and suspensions and players being missing was, was going to catch up with us at some point. And we, we actually said, you know, we've done so well to be unbeaten considering that and, and, and to win quite a few games whilst that's happening. But now it has, it has caught up with us. Yeah, we were, I guess, expecting it a little bit um, and uh, no more so than it did yesterday. Yeah, it's caught up with us, hasn't it? I mean, the second half at Morecambe kind of foretold what was going to happen yesterday in a way. Uh, similar story, we had a lot of passing around of the ball. I mean, we we had 68% of the possession, which is which is bonkers because when we played Plymouth, we had 30-odd percent of the possession, but we were clinical with our chances. And yeah, we had a few shots outside the box, but again, as Jacko and Tom just said there, we had a few crosses coming in, but no one was throwing himself for the ball and making sure the ball got in the back of the net. And obviously... We know that's Jaden Stockley's game, but yeah, look, with with Jacko tried it about yesterday, he played Pap Soiree at a left wing back role instead of Gunter playing yesterday, and he uh, gave Jarsimi a rest, who's been really good lately, and played Blackett Taylor. And I think, as Tom said, towards the end of the first half, we looked really dominant. We had a few good chances, uh, but then at the end there, you're just thinking, oh, okay. Uh, it's been a rough old day. Just if we can hold out for a point, that'll be all right. And then obviously the goal happens. But yeah, look, no drama too much. It's it's how we react now to this defeat. We've obviously got ten days now to our next league match, but of course we've got uh, quite a big match on Friday night with it being on TV and with it being Gateshead trying to cause a massive upset. So we really don't want to uh, turn up uh, in a bad. Um, mind frame to that because if we get turned over that could be uh horrendous to the team's uh, morale but uh yeah look we need to dust ourselves down we know we're missing a few key players jason pierce Jaden stockley will be hopefully back for the next game 
But this next week now provides an opportunity for some players who haven't had the minutes to show, look, all right, mm. we've been struggling for players, struggling with a little bit of form in our last two games. Can they step up and uh, make make the claim to start in this starting eleven? Because I think a few of the performances weren't up to scratch yesterday. They probably let Jacko down. So, look, there's a, there's a chance now for them to go and prove themselves in these two games coming up. So... Yeah, we've got to look look forward to them now and, and see what we can do. Yeah, I like the mindset of uh, just, just pretending the Shrewsbury game hasn't happened and we're already, we're already on to the next show. Uh, but we do have to look back at the game. Let's have a listen to the goal uh, from Charlton TV. Steve Brown alongside Terry Smith. Another long throw in you'd expect from Nurse. Yeah. Well, listen, we've got to dig in. Be diligent, stay with our men because we certainly don't deserve to be on the wrong end of a result here. They've done nowhere near enough Shrewsbury to win this game. So... Nurse preparing for the long throw. In it comes now. Looking for Cosgrove. Clare goes there as it does O'Doan. And Dobson gets the last header clear. Headed back in by Pennington. It's going to drop to O'Doan. Oh, it's gone in. Charlton is saying there should have been a foul in there. The referee says no. And the home side have got the goal. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely a foul. The long throw comes in. It's not on the first challenge. It's on the one on the edge of the box, I think, oh, now coming up. Oh, that's a foul that's on a Dobson. Foul. I have no idea how he hasn't given that. And that's not me being biased. I mean, you see the footage, if you see the replay, there is a clear shove from the wrong side on Dobson. Sends him absolutely flying. Not the first challenge, not the second, not the third, but the fourth one as Dobson goes up. That has to be a foul. Cannot believe he hasn't seen that. Maybe you can look to say that we didn't deal with that enough, but the foul on Dobson was clear. That's, was, that's uh, like, who did it. Yeah, that's the only way they was going to win the game. Tell something as disgusting to look at as that was the only way they were going to win the game. It's a decent finish as it drops down. He half volleys it with accuracy into the corner, but I don't see how a referee can watch that and physically see that happen and not give a free kick the other way. But there you go. These things happen and they go against you. Yeah, not happy, were they? We did, you, you'll be pleased to know we haven't got the full highlights because uh, the, the recording uh, failed. But we, we did hear the goal there and it was almost a premonition from Brownie saying, just uh, don't, don't let anything go in when this comes in. Because, I mean, Shrews, Shrewsbury were a terrible team to watch. Um, and I'm, as it was sort of eking out into the nil-nil, I remember thinking, like, imagine having to watch this every week. But sometimes it can be effective and, and that sort of physical element that, that I don't know, you could argue at times we didn't deal with it at times because obviously we struggled to break them down. They they dealt with a lot of our crosses into the penalty area. But then when it came to defending, we we tended to do okay. And then when it comes to the goal, I mean, you watch it back. I mean, surely that's a foul on George Dobson. Surely it should have gone down as one of those rubbish nil-nils instead of an even worse one-nil defeat, Tom. Yeah, we, we were talking about that off air, weren't we? I've seen it back a few times since. Uh, and there were times where I thought it wasn't. There were times where I thought it was. I, I don't think it was as blatant as some people are making out, uh, uh, you know. But I think you expect something like that to be given. Um, and I think, yeah, I don't think that's a, enough of an excuse. Jacko again said it himself in the post-match. We should be defending that better. Um, you're right. On the whole, we had defended well. You know, they had created a couple of chances, of course. McGivery had made a, a really good save in the... I think that was in the first half, wasn't it? Yeah, to tip over the bar, but... On the whole, we'd uh, we'd restricted them, I-, I thought, and you've just got to concentrate for that last bit. How many times do you see goals like that go in right at the end of games? Because players are tired and maybe players' heads are already in the dressing room and thinking about the warm coach on the way home or whatever. And uh, yeah, whatever it was, that lapse in concentration, you know, it's a, it's a horrible goal to concede because it's bobbling around. As you say, your player gets a, an arm to the back of the head or back or whatever goes down. And, and even then, it's not a, a firm shot at all. It sort of trickles past McGivery. And, I, I, you know, I'm not going to criticise him too much because I think he's been excellent for us. But you wonder if he could have got a stronger hand to that, given some of the saves we have seen him make. Um, and it's just heartbreak, isn't it? And as I say, I go back to that playoff game. We've had that before there, unfortunately. Uh, but as I say, this is kind of the, the bread and butter of this league. If, you know, this is we're down there for a reason. And unfortunately, you have to go to places like this where... Teams aren't going to come out and, and try and play champagne football around you. You know They're going to sit back. They're going to dig deep. Shrewsbury, are, you know, the quality of their players, you would say, is not the same as Charlton's. You know, they're down in the bottom six and they've got a 
scrap for every point they can get. So, look, they did it. It wasn't pretty. They've done a number on us, and we have to hold our hands up and say that. But, uh, yeah, as I say, that's why I go back to my first point, that I'm not too worried. Um, I'm sure Jacko will have uh, will have told the players how he felt about that. And now he's got another, not quite a full week, has he, but almost on the training ground ahead of that Friday game. And as Ben says, that's really an opportunity to get some confidence back in because I know that there is the, the chance of a cup upset but really we should be looking at that and thinking you know let's try and get through and, and who knows if we could get a little run on the FA Cup or a big big tie in the next round that might help confidence too so yeah just a really disappointing goal to concede I think yeah I mean do you do you, you mention it Ben do you think that, that Craig could have done a little bit better with that one I mean it's I don't know if he if, if he was almost caught slightly unawares maybe he was expecting the free kick but he uh, perhaps could have got a stronger hand onto it and yeah, I mean, it is disappointing, though, once again, when a referee doesn't notice notice something that, that that's blatant. It's bonkers. I was looking at the highlight, trying to see whereabouts the ref was positioned, because it's crazy. I mean, Dobson has jumped for the ball, and he's got a big shove in his back. And uh, I know some of the players were calling for offside as well, because it looked like the player who did push him in the back came from an offside position to head the ball as well. So seems like we've been done twice there for the same player. But yeah, with Mac, obviously, as Tom was saying, we don't want to be too critical because he made a great save earlier on in the game. And I can't really pinpoint many goals this season where I'd blame him for it. But he'll be gutted himself. I think if you were to ask him, he's got a big hand on the shot and it just squirms its way into the bottom corner in the end because the shot was for the centre of the goal, really. But it's one of them. It comes at you so quick. It's being headed around the box and then the shot comes in. But I'm sure he'll be as gutted as anyone that he's not kept that out after he's got a big hand to it. But, uh, yeah, we move on. It's a scrappy goal. It's one at the end of the game. Of course, heads will be down. We'll be gutted because on the on the basis of the game, I don't think they deserved it on the chances. But as Tom said, they've done a number on us and we just got to dust ourselves down and... I'm sure Jack will be like, right, how can I learn from this defeat? How can I make sure this doesn't happen again? Uh, what personnel could I have changed or blah, blah, blah. But maybe, look, they a few of their long throws did us, didn't it, really, where we didn't just clear it properly and it came back in. But look, he's, he's a young manager learning his trade. Hopefully he gets given time now. Hopefully Sangar looks at the situation and goes, OK, maybe I was waiting for Jackson to get his loss and see how he deals with it from there. And... Yeah, look, let's look forward to the next one, dust ourselves down and see how we go. Hmm. I mean, uh, we mentioned already we enjoyed the majority of the possession. Um, I'd say after the first sort of 15 minutes, you know, where I thought Shrewsbury started quite well, but then went back into their shell and and, and were quite happy to make it into that ugly game that we, we didn't deal with particularly well. Like I say, we enjoyed the ball, but didn't create much of it. And and I some of that always comes back to, you know, Jacko wants us to play with this level of intensity. And when you're in possession... Um, I guess being intense means moving the ball really quickly and, and, and creating space, not just keeping it and knocking it side to side, which I think there's probably an argument that we did a little bit too much and, and we didn't feed Blackett Taylor in space enough. That, you know, a, few, a couple of times he did get it. You know, we saw him produce things, which included that, that Washington header that was cleared off the line. Um, but it, it, again, I guess that will come down to that, those levels of fatigue and, and how much that game against... You know, a really strong Plymouth side last week where we we were chasing the ball for long times. How much that that's taken out of them this week, and you know, with the squad sort of at the bare bones as it is, Tom, it, that does catch up with you. But at the same time, I mean, Jackson will not want to see that as an excuse because well, it's going to catch up with everyone. We we need to make it work for us. Yeah, definitely. But I also think that that they're learning that. You know, Adkins didn't have them pressing in the same way. It was very very mismatched, and so there's definitely a different intensity about us. But that you know that that does take a lot of effort and as I said we haven't rotated in the same way which I'm pleased about I think Jacko's found a settled 11 barring obviously the injuries and suspensions uh, but that unfortunately does take take its toll on certain players and I like the fact he rotated a couple of those wingers and, and brought people like Corey in but again it, it just didn't quite click and I watched the um Arsenal game the early kickoff and and it was the same you know Newcastle sat eight nine players behind the ball obviously we all know what Arsenal are about in terms of passing it and and it takes a long time to break a team like that down and sometimes you need a little bit of luck or just a little bit of star quality to do that and and we just couldn't quite find it and as I say we did have a couple of opportunities that Gilby one in the first half probably the best as you say that cross in the second half right underneath the goalkeeper um, and they managed to head it off the line when 
Washington looked like he might get on the end of that. So, you know, we did get through them. We did take chances, but just not quite enough. Uh, and you, you do have to be patient, unfortunately, when shifting that around and just wait for those opportunities. But, you know, they've got an experienced manager in charge who are a well-disciplined side. And it's just one of those frustrating things. There's all number of, of reasons that we didn't win that game yesterday. I think the fatigue is apart. I think the way they set up, you know, I'm sure the, the weather, I know it's the same for both sides, but, you know, you're going to a little ground like that. It's windy, it's cold. Um, it, it's hard. Uh, and you go back to, to last weekend, the sun at the big team with a, a team up at the end and a full stadium, completely different atmosphere. And one of the things, as I said earlier, that you just get in League One, you know, you do have these these smaller teams and, and these much, much teams. Um, and that discrepancy sometimes is probably hard for players to juggle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, maybe intensity does drop a little bit in that sort of environment. Um, so, yeah, disappointing. But, yeah, I'm not, as I said earlier, not not too worried about it over. Mm, yeah, we almost lost you there for a second, Tom. But I think I think we got the gist of that. Um, the choice, uh, the choices that Jackson made in terms of team news beforehand. Uh, obviously, when we saw Purrington sort of drop back into that back three with Soiree uh, coming in because Gunter had gone out the side, um, that was uh, that, that 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 was an interesting move. Obviously, as as we've already mentioned, Blackett Taylor in for DJ. Um, I, I think we we were we lost a bit from Purrington going into that sort of the, the back three rather than playing the left wing back role because, I mean, he's been getting up the pitch quite nicely uh, and, and offering a bit of defensive cover at the same time. And unfortunately, uh, Ben, uh, Pap didn't do either of those yesterday. <laughs> and um, by having him in the side, we moved Ben from a position where he's done really well into one where he's probably not able to influence the game as much uh, and, and where Pap didn't, unfortunately. Yeah, when I saw the team sheet come through, I did think it was a bit odd because... I think the last game we saw him play was Lincoln away and he was terrible that game. He kept getting done by the high ball over the top and he just kept getting done by the winger there and he he wasn't very good that day. And I was surprised that, as you said, Ben Parrington's been so good for us and chipped in with a few goals coming in from that left wing back role that we didn't keep him in that role. But, of course... Gunter came in for some criticism on Tuesday with giving away the penalty and it looked like him and Davison both missed the guy for the header for the equaliser. So he thought, OK, I'll change it up. It's my team now. I'll give Papa a go in my side to see what he can do. And look, we're giving him a chance and he, he didn't look very good again, did he? So it's, it's hard because we are... We are without Lavelle, Innes and Pierce. I know we said that a few times, but when you lose your main three centre-backs, it is a bit of a blow, especially when Lavelle and, and Pierce had come into the team and were playing so well. So it's frustrating, and it's nice to see Jacko juggle stuff about to see what can work. Um, and I know we saw Charlie Kirk come on on Tuesday in that position. I thought he did quite well, but obviously when you're away from home against the side on, on the bounce after they just got a good draw against Sunderland with 10 men, Probably thought, well, let's defend first and then maybe bring Charlie on later, which unfortunately didn't come on. But, um, yeah, it's one of those things. I think you've got to try different players in different roles, especially as he's trying out this new formation. It didn't work. Um, but we've got a couple of games now, as we said, to try and work different things. Not big games because they're not league games. But, um, yeah, it's nice to see him try different stuff, try different ways of trying to get at teams. But, unfortunately just didn't work for us yesterday with Suarez in, in that position. Mm-mm. All right, let's uh, hear from uh, the caretaker boss then, Johnny Jackson. He came out to me uh, to speak to me at a bitterly cold uh, New Meadow yesterday, uh, and this is what he made of the performance. Uh, disappointing, obviously, to, to lose. Disappointing to lose a goal that late. and From our point of view, poor, poor goal from a long throw. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's gutting to, to concede that late and for... You know, I thought at the very least the way that the game was going, you know, that, that we'd draw it. I was hoping that we'd push on for the win, and thought we was the, we looked the team that was that was pressuring. But again, like probably probably didn't do enough ourselves either. So looked like it might just peter out for a draw, and, and you take that on the road sometimes. So um, to get done right at the end there, yeah, I'm really disappointed. There seems to be some strong complaints from uh, some of your players at the full-time whistle to the referee. Were they unhappy with something in the build-up to the goal? Yeah, Dobbo felt that he that he was pushed in the back for the 
Uh, I think like the second header. I think there's one, there's one header. The ball ball goes loose. Dobbo goes up to to clear it with his head, and this guy sort of comes through the back of him uh, to win the header, and it bounces, and then the guy puts it away. So uh, Dobbo Dobbo thinks he was definitely fouled. Um, and that's what the complaints were about. So you mentioned it yourself. It felt quite similar to maybe the closing stages at Morecambe. There was a lot of possession, but perhaps we weren't able to find that breakthrough today. Yeah, again, I thought we worked the ball into some really good situations and then final pass, final cross. And even when we are putting it in anticipation, like the Lico puts a great ball in at the end there and, you, you know, you're crying out for someone to attack it. The guy sort of heads it off the line in the middle of the goal and... I want people to be attacking those situations at the very least. Like the guy should be, you know, it's great defending, but he should be getting, being put in the goal. Someone should be like putting pressure on him there, and uh, we sort of caught on our heels a little bit, not anticipating it, and 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 then we'd, when we did get it into some sort of wide situations, I didn't think our you know our final ball, our final cross was was particularly good today either. So you had to made a couple of changes. So we were sort of, sort of thinking of bringing Chris out the side and and Suarez in. Was it just a tiredness thing because they've played a lot of games recently? Yeah, a bit of that. I just you know I wanted to have a little bit of balance there with a, with some left footers down that side of the pitch as well. So um, yeah, and I think Akin obviously having Akin in the middle uh, gives you a little bit of that physicality as well. So that was my thinking behind that, and, uh, and obviously just DJ just freshening it up. He's played a lot of games in. It's been brilliant, DJ, but I just felt on Tuesday maybe you know, there was a bit of fatigue in there and, and you've got a player like Corey ready to come in. So you know, it's just important that you, you give people opportunities and, and you also that you look after some players when, when they may uh, be feeling a bit tired. And it was a great boost to have Jonathan back in the side. We know how dangerous he has been in the early early stages of this season. Yeah, good to have him fit. Um, you know, it was probably too soon to start him in, in, in a game like that, but you know, we got him on him on off the bench and maybe he's a little bit rusty obviously he's not he's been out a while and he's not done much training to be honest so um, with the group anyway so uh, he'll get better he'll improve um, day on day in day and, and hopefully yeah get back to the sort of form that he was in before he got injured and obviously winning games is, is almost the easy bit it's, it's, it's how you react from a defeat as a, as a team and, and yourself as a manager as well what you learn from today <laughs> listen you know you're always gonna, I knew I was going to lose a game football Um why don't, like people keep asking you about it. you know it's almost like do you, do you get it out of the way now like I've got no I've got no doubts about how the team's going to react we're, we're doing the right things we're we're going in the right direction like where we was a month ago to where we are now is chalk and cheese really and um, I said at the very start that there'll be bumps in the road and, 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 and there'll be more but like the team you know, we'll we'll bounce back from this, no problem. Like, yeah, you you are you're going to lose games. Everyone's going to lose games, but we'll uh, we'll use it as fuel for the next one. Obviously, Thomas's last game in the country. Have, uh, have you got any further update? I guess everyone's uh, chomping at the bit to find out if there's any more news you could share at the moment with your conversations with him. Yeah, not really. Just same again. Like we've been we've been speaking regularly. Everything seems positive. Uh, he's happy with the direction that we're moving in. I think he recognises that. That the team's improving uh, beyond recognition, uh, and that we'll continue to do so. So hopefully we can uh, we can all move forward positively. Should just mention for the fans. I don't know if you know the trains have been a nightmare. Some of them have paid hundreds of pounds on cabs to get here from the Midlands. I mean, what an effort from them! Incredible, yeah. Uh, I mean, I heard it was absolute chaos with the with the trains and and the roads. And, and my dad, my dad was on the train. He had to get off and find a way to get here and like it's it's unbelievable again the support that they bring us like I'm, I'm gutted for them that we couldn't um you know give them something to shout about going home but you know I just want to thank them again for their support absolutely superb Hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good challenge by Gunter and Charlie can break it. It's three on two. Jarsimi switches the play across to Washington. Washington, ball forward to Stockley. Can he get there? Stockley still with it. Jaden Stockley! from the Alex Washington calm composed on the ball pass forward to Stockley who just let the ball run across him takes it past Yaskolainen and finishes Charlton Live Right, welcome back to Charlton Live uh, just before the break there we heard from uh, the Alex boss uh, Johnny Jackson I mean pff, n- n- nothing really changes for me in terms of uh, <laughs> You know, wanting him to get the job. Um, you know, one defeat. I mean, so some of the people online yesterday said one defeat, like saying this this defeat shows why we can't have like why we shouldn't have given it already to Jackson, as if we're, as if somehow clarifying that people saying that we've done really well in six games is too soon, and therefore one defeat makes it is is not too soon to have the opinion the other way. I mean, it's it's a very strange sort of uh, way to look at it for me. Uh, Tom, but you know, stand by. You know, the, the, the turnaround has been remarkable, um, and you know, just hoping this uncertainty maybe that's having an effect. Maybe that's affecting the morale that they seem to be doing everything they can to get Jacko the job, and he still hasn't been given it yet, Tom. Yeah, I think some of the reaction is nonsense. Some of it I've kind of I've not agreed with, but I get it since one that he's uh, an inexperienced manager, and it's it's a risk, but. As I said, I think right back at the start, Nigel Atkins didn't work out and that was an experienced man. So I personally think the risk is less in going with Jacko. I think he deserves the job. I think he's earned it. And I don't personally see that huge risk. I think the reaction yesterday, as I say, was probably, you know, it's a tough result, especially if people have made that journey and ended up spending lots of money. Uh, you know, I, I understand why they're disappointed and frustrated at full time. Uh, so, yeah, for me, he's the right man for the job. This defeat... Uh, doesn't is no blip on on his record at all uh you know i think it, you can't judge a manager over seven games either way really and i'm not just just uh just judging him on that in terms of getting the job either i think he's earned it over a longer period of time in what he's done for the club and the coaching and everything that he's done but i just think he's he needs to be given a chance and yeah i don't know personally i don't think it would make that much difference in how the players feel but obviously i, I don't have any insight into that but Either way, I kind of at the stage now, and I think we said this a week ago as well, I don't really understand what Thomas is waiting for any longer. Um, obviously, he wants to make the right decision, but for me, the right decision is staring right in front of him. And yeah, I just hope it gets made sooner rather than later now, really. And yeah, I, I want him to get the job and, and this defeat doesn't change that. Now, obviously, Jacko paid tribute to those fans who battled their way through the elements to get to the game. I mean, it was crazy, Ben, if you, you know, we were out there. I mean, I was... Um, I did my classic of I booked a train to get into Shrewsbury ridiculously early because I'm always worried about missing missing trains and stuff like that. So I was due, I think I was due there by about 11 and um, uh, my train up, my first train where I was supposed to get off at Stafford to change to go to Wolverhampton, that ended up stopping short at Rugby. So then I had to get a different train to Stafford and then I had an option to go up to Crewe uh, or try and get ahead to Wolverhampton. But I mean, you could see the trains were starting to be cancelled. There was a, a tree on the line uh, near Shrewsbury, so I thought, well, you could either gamble and go to Crewe and hope that line opens up in time, or I could get off at Stafford and get an hour and 20-minute bus to Telford and then a 40-minute bus to Shrewsbury. So I went for that option because I had time to do it, and I thought, well, you'd know the buses are going to be running. So I did that, and, and sure enough, I, I got lucky there. I did get there in time to, to go and have some lunch and go to the game. Uh, plenty of people not so lucky. They made their way to Wolverhampton or to Crewe, found absolutely no trains, and then started shelling out for cabs, you know, hundreds, hundreds of pounds uh, to get over there. So, I mean, a lot of people had to turn back as well. You know, it was, just wasn't possible to get there. So a really, a really nightmare day for them. But as, as Jacko said, you know, excellent support, and it just shows the, the lengths that, that Charlton fans will go to just to go and uh, watch the team they love, Ben. Yeah, the, the support was incredible. To take 700-odd to Morecambe on Tuesday 
and then not over 900 to Shrewsbury on Saturday is an incredible effort and especially as the the way getting there was disrupted massively I mean a friend of ours didn't he texted a picture of Birmingham under snow uh, and the conditions up there and then obviously the tree coming on the line at Wolverhampton disrupts it even more so it's absolutely incredible support and look after that is down to Jackson in the building I'm sure if we were still playing the same football under Adkins most fans probably wouldn't bother. I probably would have bothered with the Morecambe game as it was a new ground. But for the Shrewsbury game, it's still that vibe around the club. We want to follow because we're seeing good football. We're seeing um, good play and we're seeing a manager that really cares. So after that is down to the Jacko effect. Uh, but still, our support has been incredible to to pay the amount of people we're paying for cabs from Wolverhampton and from Crewe. Uh, everyone chipping in. I see a lot of people were offering lifts from Birmingham as well. So it was good. The Charlton family rallied round to help each other out. But yeah, as we said, unfortunately, on the day, the result didn't go our way. But I'm sure we can look back and go, OK, look, well, I'm sure Jacko and the players look back and go, wow, what an incredible effort from the players in, in the conditions it was. And I saw Sangar tweeted it as well. Um, that everyone rallied round to help each other to get there, and I'm sure that'll boost Jacko and the players to see the support from the from the fans. Yeah, I got uh, I got helped on the way back as well by our friend Lawrence, who gave me a lift back to uh, Birmingham after the game, and then uh, our friend Pete works on the trains, managed to sort me out an earlier train and a first class ticket as well. Uh, so he, absolute legends who uh, helped me get back uh, from the game uh, about three hours earlier than I was due to be because I was due to be on a really late train. But I just wanted to get out of there just because I thought I don't want to be stranded anywhere. So I was able to get home really early compared to what I was expecting to. So thanks to everyone who helped me. Uh, we'll hear from those two in the fans bar as well later because obviously I wasn't hanging around. So I just interviewed the people nearest to me, basically. Uh, but let's have a look at some of the tweets that came in as well uh, after yesterday's performance. Um, uh, Platy said, uh, big respect to all those who made the journey and got there given uh, the the train issues. London in it, Giza says, I actually thought the uh, ref was okay uh, yesterday until we made the wrong call on the most crucial decision uh, of the game that cost us. He gave us three kicks for that type of foul throughout the game, and then in the last seconds, he lets the most blatant uh, one go. Uh, Dan says, it was awful, kept turning in uh, on our weaker foot outside the box and passing back to the defence. Davison uh, was irrelevant all game, didn't deserve to lose, uh, but if we can't use our possession to create chances, uh, then we will drop more points uh, than we gain. Yeah, he mentions Josh Davison there. Obviously, um, you know, he saw when, when he came into the side at first, you know, a couple, couple of goals, didn't he? Yeah, even displaced um, or dislodged uh, Jaden Stockley from his place in the side, Tom, but yeah, I don't know. Last couple of last couple of games, it just seems to have caught up a little bit with with him as well now, uh, where, where he's where he's been sitting in for 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 Jaden Stockley. Yeah, I think I saw him at Dartford in pre season, and I thought he was probably our best player there. I thought he was excellent. Uh, saw him a couple of other times, not live, and thought he was good. And as you say, came in for a couple of games earlier in the season and performed well then as well. But as I said earlier, he's still a very young man. He's still learning his trade, so. I think we've kind of been forced to play him. It's not quite the the Carlin or the Joe Piggott where we've chucked him in, you know, because we've literally got nobody else. We could possibly play with one up front or do something slightly different, but I think he's earned his chance to play up there. And I agree, his performances in the last two games in particular have been disappointing, but I think the amount of criticism that he's got for, for such a young man is a bit harsh. I think we all agree and admit that we need another striker in January, and I'm sure that will be a priority for for Thomas and Steve and everybody, but, you know, I don't don't think he deserves the criticism. He he tries hard, he works hard. I think he's doing everything that he can. It's just not quite clicking at the moment. Uh, And as I said earlier, you know, Jaden, whilst he was brilliant on Charlton TV yesterday, I'm I'm ready for him to come back. And I wouldn't imagine he'll maybe just get some minutes in legs at one of the cup games, but then the uh, the Cambridge and Ipswich back-to-back games on the Saturday and Tuesday, I'm sure. He'll be back and firing for those, hopefully. Mm, excellent stuff. Right, next tweet uh, comes in from Spenny. It says, poor performance, uh, the first under Jacko. Uh, man of the match were the fans who paid £100 for cabs from Wolverhampton. Uh, I drove, which was still a long journey, uh, to stand in the freezing cold to see us lose uh, in the 93rd minute. But that's what we do as Charlton fans. Yeah, well done, Spenny, for, for making the trip. And it was a tough one. Uh, in the end, Reese says, I thought it was a flat performance. Uh, neither team really deserved the win. However, uh, we've just come back off uh, off the back of two consecutive tough away games and we're still missing key players. I'm optimistic about the upcoming two home games 
uh, in the league uh, with more of a fit squad, uh, plus Jaden Stockley uh, to return. Sam says, I felt we could have held on for a nil-nil as neither side uh, looked like scoring. Soiree, for me, uh, should have been taken off at half-time, uh, putting Purrington back at left-back or left-wing-back and Clare alongside Akin uh, and then bring Gunter on at right-back. Her fans were amazing uh, again and still believe that Jacko uh, we'll get the job. And Stu said, I couldn't watch the uh, the game, but the next two fixtures uh, use the full squad and make sure we're ready uh, for the Ipswich game uh, to get back on track. Yeah, next couple of games, as, as we've said, are in, in the Cups. Uh, we've got the Aston Villa under-21s on Tuesday. Uh, and then uh, Friday, we're up to Gateshead in the FA Cup. Spoke to David from the Heath Army uh, podcast today, actually. We're going to do our big match preview uh, on Wednesday this week to, to look ahead to that cup game. Uh, really looking forward to making the trip up to Gateshead. Uh, and yeah, really fascinating story at the club as well. So uh, make sure you tune in uh, for that. Right, uh, back on yesterday's game, of course, fans bar time. Uh, as I mentioned, Lawrence and Pete uh, were the only two fans I bumped into really after the game yesterday because we had to get out of there before we got snowed in or a tree fell on us or something. Uh, so these, uh, th- this is their views on uh, yesterday's performance up at Shrewsbury. I thought it was pretty poor overall. Um, thought Shrewsbury come out of the blocks quite well. It took us probably about a good 20 minutes to get into the game without really creating any chances. I, think, I, I don't know who took the shot, but their keeper made a good save. And that, to be honest, throughout the entire game is really the only save I think their keeper made. I thought we looked exhausted in the end. I ran out of ideas. Corey Blackett, Taylor... I don't think he could offer really much, too much, because I think we just spoke and there were three players on him. Yeah, I, I agree with Pete. I think it's it was a nil-nil game that they won one-nil basically. Um, no team, neither team deserved to win the game. Um, we didn't play particularly well. I don't think Shrewsbury looked like they're up to much. Um, really lacking in quality. I think we were lacking in attacking intent, which I think was a lot due to the fact that Perrington had had to move inside. Pepe Soiree, I mean. I mean, how he's a professional footballer is beyond me. I think that, and that was echoed throughout our stands. So I'd, I don't know what to make of it. I think we just, we've always struggled against Shrewsbury. I think we did beat them 3-0 one time, so. But we just didn't offer anything, though. I, I, I don't think, I, I, can't, I can't think of any sustained periods of pressure we put on Shrewsbury. And I think it was just a bit of an ugly game, really. I don't think we deserve to lose. I think nil-nil or a draw was probably the right um, Soiree, obviously, was, was nowhere near the level of parenting in recent weeks. Really, a real weak link, I thought. And we really, we're really missing Stockley as well. I think everyone's seen that. Um, we, we played really well against Plymouth without him. But I think, you know, today it, it really showed that... Davison just isn't isn't ready for League One yet. So, looking forward to January and hopefully getting a replacement for, well, not a replacement, but somebody who can uh, back up Stockley when Stockley can't play or when we need to rotate. Yeah, I am. I don't think there's anyone else that would do a better job. I was. I think we got a pretty average side in in on the whole. I think we got, you know, apart from Lee Washington Gilby, the keeper. I, I don't. I don't know who's going to change our season, really. So, for me, I think Jacko should stay. I think he should be given a chance. Hundred yeah, percent. I think Jackson's the only man for the job. He's um, he's a child man. I think you know if you'd have said from the first, what is it, six, seven games now that seven games that he's been in charge, we'd we'd only lose one and we'd beat. You know, we'd beat Plymouth, we'd beat Sunderland, we'd get a draw with Rotherham. You know, you'd have, took, you'd have taken that all day long. Under Adkins, you know, we're probably looking, we're looking at a maximum of six or seven points out of the games that Jackson's been in charge of, and we'd be hovering around the relegation zone. So, you know, although it's disappointing today, I think looking bigger picture and across the whole time Jackson's been here, he's he's still had a really successful time in charge. I think he probably needs a little bit longer just just as caretaker um, before. You know, lock it, locking it down. But I'm confident that we can bounce back against Ipswich, against Cambridge, and hopefully, you know, going into the transfer window, Sangar will will give him the contract. Yeah, cheers to the chats for for joining me uh, yesterday, and, and once again, as I said, for for their help in getting me home in one piece. Uh, yeah, disappointing day for them, but um, you know, always nice to see those two. Uh, and thanks for coming on the pod. Right, let's uh, a couple of emails as well. Um, 
McSquared says, uh, you can talk about the awful officiating uh, or the fact we didn't deserve to lose and 0-0 would have been the right result and the terrible conditions, of course. However, at the end of the day, uh, too many of our players, in particular Davison, Clare and Soiree, uh, were off their game and there were far too uh, clear-cut chances, uh, far too few clear-cut chances created. Uh, the match was very scrappy from start to finish and our midfield lacked spark in general. Credit has to be given to the Shrews for the way they battled and defended and managed to nullify our forward play uh, for the most part. We were generally out-muscled and too many of our side were found wanting in that department. Davison in particular looked out of his depth in this match uh, and at Morecambe and Stockley has been sorely missed both in attack and defending set pieces. Everyone could see the goal should not have stood. Uh, VAR definitely would have ruled it out. Uh, but in that sort of match, something like that can always happen. On a positive note, we generally looked defensively, uh, looked good, solid and defensively again, uh, saying that it's clear uh, we are now short of numbers in that department and our bench isn't strong enough. Neither sub made a significant impact against Shrewsbury. Uh, hopefully Lecco will quickly find his feet again as he clearly needs some games. Uh, the J team are always going to lose a match eventually. Uh, it's how they react to it uh, in the next two home league matches that count. Yeah, Le- Lecco coming back, we haven't really mentioned him too much, Ben. He was only on for, um, so what was it, 20-odd minutes or so. But yeah, had a couple of moments, a couple of moments. But a full-flowing Jonathan Lecco, I guess it wasn't. Yeah, it was nice to get him back involved because we know how crucial he can be for us. Uh, I think he put in that ball that we were talking about earlier, where it's gone right into the middle of the goal and their defenders headed it off the line and no one was throwing himself at the ball to get on the end of it. But yeah, great good, great to have him back because we know how good he can be for us and and he's so unpredictable. But if you haven't got someone to aim there for his crosses in the box or jinx his way through, then he's worthless, isn't he? So I know that's not really Connor's game, but as people are saying, unfortunately, Josh has had... Um, three games now where he's just not really proven himself or got a goal to really give himself a boost in confidence. So I, I imagine Jaden will get a game now in these two cup games to give him some match fitness. But Josh has really got to go for it now because otherwise he'll be, well, coming up for January, I'm sure we'll look for reinforcements in that position because, as you said, we're looking for a, a late goal and we're looking to the bench. There might not be a... It's too young to put Bursto on, really, and look for him to come and score a last-minute goal. But that's where we're lacking. We had Chuck Saniki last year, scored quite a few goals for us on the bench. And at the moment, we're looking at that position. Davison's had his go and unfortunately not been there. But yeah, having Leco back is a boost because we know how good he can be when he starts or comes off the bench. And him and DJ can obviously battle for that position where DJ's been really good lately. Mm. Right, let's uh, get to the next message. Phil says, hi guys, one of the best games at the Valley for some time was followed up by two games against League One Minnows, uh, which have seen us revert to type. Whilst we have uh, injuries and suspensions, so does Shrewsbury. If we're ever going to get out of this division, we need to go to these clubs and bring away three points. Sangard now needs to appoint Jackson and have a clear out uh, in January, bringing three to four uh, new faces. That's from Phil. Uh, cheers, Phil. Clive says, uh, hi, Lou. Is it possible now uh, that Johnny Jackson has run into Nigel's problems playing three games in eight days? Nigel decided to rest players and change the team, uh, leading to a lack of continuity. Uh, JJ has the same players pressing hard every game, leading to fatigue. Either way, it seems that three games in eight days is beyond our capability. I don't have an answer. It may be worth studying other teams' results to see if they have the same problem. How else do we explain the fabulous performance against Plymouth, followed by two lacklustre uh, trips north? Yeah, I mean, uh, t- fatigue will certainly play a part in it, and they did look fatigue in, in, in the sort of closing stages at Morecambe, and, and I'd say for spells yesterday. But at the same time, you know, it's just... I think that affects that intensity, as I said earlier, whether we can move the ball fast enough, whether we can stretch teams out of position and, and that sort of thing. And, and of course, as, as we know, missing, missing key players who, who, can, uh, who can make the difference for us. Right, Michael says, Hi, gents. To balance off any short-term negativity there may be following a disappointing couple of last uh, games, there are plenty of reasons to be positive for the rest of the season and beyond. We've quickly dug ourselves out of the relegation scrap and shown that this squad does have the quality to beat the top teams in this league. It's still a long way to go. And a week off from league uh, is coming at a great time. I feel uh, like the first team, uh, the first time it has come, our form has been dropping off as opposed to starting to improve. And the majority of players that have been key to our recent success uh, should all be here for next season, where we hopefully won't have given the rest of the league a 12-game head start. Now that I've not, uh, he says, not that I've completely written this year off 
just yet. Key jobs for us, though. In the meantime, desperately need to sign some cover for Stockley. Get Lee in on a permanent. Give Jacko the contract till the end of the season. Powell and Boyer both had good half seasons before their promotion campaigns. Feels the sensible way to go for me. That's from Mike. Cheers, Mike. And then finally, Phil Hall says, a disappointed second half of the week, having conceded a two-goal lead at Morecambe uh, and then defeated by an illegal goal at Shrewsbury. Having been, imagine if you get arrested for goals, that'd be good. Uh, having been a qualified ref myself, I would have been ashamed of myself if I'd missed such a blatant foul leading to the winning goal. Cosgrove made no attempt to play the ball and just bumped into Dobson, leading with the elbow and shoulder and coming from his blind side. It was an absolute disgrace. I think we should play, I think we should have played a letter away uh, with all our centre-backs missing. He would have been a great asset in the air and may well have cleared the ball first time. He must be wondering why he signed a contract if he doesn't get a look in when we are playing a midfielder uh, player and a fullback as part of a three-man defence. I know he will probably play two games this week, but he should have been given a chance in the last two games where the attacking threat was minimal, and yet we came away with one point from six. Hopefully the lads will get some rest time and fitness before uh, we uh, resume our league programme on the 4th of December. Definitely a tough ask now, though, to make up the 11-point gap to the playoffs. That's from Phil. Cheers, Phil. Right, uh, as I said at the top of the show, uh, the fan-led review has been uh, released uh, earlier on this week, on the 24th uh, of November, there'd been a sort of look into the, the governance uh, of football and the uh, China Athletic Community Trust have played a part in the, in some of the consultation. Uh, and, uh, well, I wanted to find out a little bit more. So I spoke to Heather McKinley uh, from the Supporters Trust and she explained what the fan-led review was all about. The review came about, the final trigger for it was the European Super League, although there had been talk of a proper review into the governance of football um, for two or three years now. Um, Tracy Crouch led the review and consulted really widely with fan groups, including with ourselves um, and also with clubs and with the footballing authorities. And the, the key reason behind it is really to move the governance of English football onto a more um, stable and sustainable level and take it away from the leagues regulating themselves and all the vested interests that come along with that. And uh, what would you say is sort of like the main findings that have, that have come out of it? The main, one of the main proposals is for an independent regulator for English football, um, and that would be set up a bit in the way that there are you know, separate regulators for certain other industries like the financial industry, um, and that the independent regulator would then oversee the governance of football, um, and particularly things like new tests for owners and directors, um, so to avoid the kind of cast of characters that ended up getting involved with Cholton being able to get involved with clubs in future um, and also to check on the financial sustainability of clubs going forward to prevent them slipping into you know, into serious financial trouble. Um, there are, there's 47 recommendations in total, so um, I won't go through them all in detail here, but they're quite wide-ranging, but very much focusing on the governance side and the importance of ensuring a really a sustainable future for the game and also making sure that the pyramid is protected so that all the power and all the money isn't just vested at the very top. Hmm. I mean, is there, is there confidence that the trust that um, all or at least some of these proposals will, will be put into practice over the next few years in? Well, Tracy Crouch has been very strong in stressing that it's a holistic package. It's not really about picking and choosing. Um, she wants to see the whole report brought forward into legislation. And the timescale for that is that it would be proposed for legislation, hopefully by the Queen's speech of May 2022. And then it would actually be in place in time for the season 23-24. So it feels like a fairly lengthy timescale, but actually in terms of legislation, that's quite swift. And I think one of the key things um, that we all need to do as fans is, although it, it, it maybe seems like something that's a bit nebulous, um, but actually it could be so important for the future of the game. And as fans, we really all need to get behind it and make sure that that legislation is put in place. Um, it does At the moment, it does have cross-party support. And I think it's really important that fans... Um, get on side and demonstrate to their local MPs that they are keen for the review in in, in its entirety to be implemented into legislation. Hmm. Now, of course, um, the, the, the trust report on, on on your website sort of delved into two key questions for Charlton fans. So we'll just run over those as well. So the first one was uh, with would the recommended legislation have done anything to have 
uh, prevented the the so-called shenanigans, which is one, which is a nice way of putting uh, what's gone on at the club over the last year or so before Thomas came before Thomas came in. Yeah, we've had to look at it from from that point of view, and I think we um, the way it's proposed, the legislation would strengthen the regulation around clubs, and basically clubs would need to um, have a license to be be you know, to be football clubs, um, and the kind of legislation around that should prevent. Um, what happens at Cholton happening to any other club if it is implemented in the way that it's laid out in the review. And also, um, at the moment, I mean, I think you know, some of us got quite close to the detail of the current owners and directors' tests, and obviously there are quite a lot of holes in them. Um, the proposals are that there would be separate tests for owners and different tests for directors, um, and that there would just be one single test across across all the leagues for English football, whereas at the moment there's an FA test, there's a Premier League test, there's an EFL test. Um, so we we do think that the review, the review if it's implemented, and we you know, very much hope it is implemented, um, would absolutely ensure that only people who are genuine and serious custodians of football clubs can you know take clubs on in the future. And and the second question, obviously. Uh, with, uh, with regards to the Valley uh, and the club itself being in separate ownership. I mean, we know that Roland still owes the Valley whilst, whilst Thomas owns the club. And, and do you feel there were some clauses in the review that, that could help with that? Yeah, we were absolutely delighted to see a couple of clauses around planning. Um, we t- it was it was part of the um, our presentation to the panel. We stressed very strongly the importance of protecting grounds, um, and particularly in a you know in a case where the ownership is separate. And there are two proposals there that could be directly relevant for for Charlton. One is that um, the national planning framework should actually include uh, much stronger protection for grounds and mean that if there are any proposals to develop grounds, then the developers themselves have to provide alternative facilities within the same area and to the same same or better standard before they can commence development. Um, that is a level of planning protection that does exist already, but very rarely for football grounds. Um, and then secondly, there's... Um, a proposal to strengthen the security of tenure for cases such as Cholton where the ground is in separate ownership from the club and I think just going back to that first one I mean we really hope that that's the kind of thing that would um, actually you know, weaken the um, the claims of De Châtelet that the ground is worth 50 million because with with those those kind of conditions around it then that would hopefully mean that that kind of silly valuation goes out the window mm. so overall as you, as you say broadly uh, in favour of the review and it's just a case for fans to try and keep the pressure on to make sure it's put into action I think, I mean, as Carl's, we're very strongly in favour of it. Um, and we think it's you know, it's really important that the next few months will be quite key because there will be vested interest coming out, particularly the Premier League, trying to hang on to their, their riches and pull up the drawbridge. And you know, we've seen their self-interest at play before. And I think this is a vital opportunity for football as a whole to really get its act together and... Um, as, as Cast will be strongly supporting it and really urging Charlton fans to help out by making sure that they let the local MP know um, how you know how, that they do support the review and we'll be putting something on the Cast website in the next couple of days about how to do that, how to you know, write a brief letter or email to your MP um, just stressing support for the review um, because you know, we need to we need to make sure that it is it is now adopted and brought into legislation. Thanks very much to Heather uh, for joining us on, on this week's Charlton Live then to, uh, to to explain that and, and uh, as I said, as she said, look out on the uh, the Supporters Trust website for, for more details of how to contact the uh, your local MP if you, if you want to get your point across there or if you want to read more about the, the fan-led review that the Supporters Trust have done on ICE, uh, write up on it on uh, castrust.org. Uh, uh, where you can find out a little bit more about whatever and I were just talking about there. Right, uh, we're coming up to the end of the show. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we are going to our awards ceremony to find out if we have won the Club Podcast of the Year Award uh, up in Leicester Square from the Football Supporters Association. So it's our third year nominated uh, in four. Uh, we've got to win it at some point, haven't we, Tom? Yeah, definitely. Why not Why not this year? Yeah. So, it's uh, going to be a podcast that wins best. it, so why not us? That's, that's Alan Kerbis used to say about the FA Cup with slightly different words. <laughs> yeah, probably not the, quite the same. But yeah, 
be a bigger fun, won't it? Yeah. Well, so we're looking forward to that. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep you guys updated on uh, on social media to uh, you know when we find out that we've lost, and uh, we'll let you know. But anyway, thanks uh, uh, to everyone who supported us and and made it that we can go to that that event uh, right we have come to the end of the show so thanks to everyone who's listened as I said we'll be back on Wednesday uh, with the big match preview obviously the game being a, a day forward against uh, Gateshead I wanted to bring the show forward as well so you've got ample time to listen to it uh, so we look forward to speaking to you guys then thanks to everyone who uh, contacted the show this week and, and as once more congratulations to everyone who was able to make that Herculean effort uh, to, to get there and it's a shame we didn't get the result we wanted but it certainly will you know, even though we didn't win it will go down as one of those days you can tell your grandkids about when you spent hundreds of pounds on a taxi just to go and watch us lose 1-0. When they're moaning about us being back in the Premier League or whatever it is, we'll be in, in a few years' time. Right, uh, Ben and Tom, thanks for joining me this week. Cheers, Cheers mate. mate. Good to speak to the pair of you. I'm Louis Menes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again on Wednesday. Charles and Charles and